Welcome to the Speaking of Women's Health podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Holly Thacker, the Executive Director of Speaking of Women's Health, and I am back in the Sunflower House. On this episode, we are going to talk all about hair. Long, plush, shiny hair has been a mark of female beauty for years. So when women start to notice hair thinning, panic usually starts. Now, I have to confess, I'm not really much of a hair girl. And I haven't really had all that much hair. (laughs) I'm more of a nail girl. And I wrote my first column on speakingofwomenshealth.com about hair loss. It's not something that just happens to dear old dad. And I wrote it on Father's Day 2012. So that's already 13 years ago. And it was titled, Hair There Everywhere. What's a woman to do? Is she going to lose all her hair? And as we celebrate Father's Day, we are appreciative of the masculine parenting influence because both males and females have nurturing, mentoring, and coaching abilities. And both sexes after puberty produce both androgens, which include testosterone, and dihydrotestosterone is the active metabolite that affects the hair follicle, as well as both sexes have estrogen, and they have protein effects throughout the body. And we've talked about a lot of the benefits of estrogen on hair and skin and bone. In fact, we women produce more androgens on a, than estrogen on a milligram per milligram basis, while males produce about 10 times the amount of testosterone compared to females. Besides muscle strength, especially upper body strength, testosterone really affects hair and the hair follicle, which brings us to hair. So men do tend to be hairier than women, though Many males lose hair on the sides and the very top of their head if they're genetically susceptible to the influence of of androgens on the hair follicle. So most women do see hair thinning with age. Some have said up to 40% of hair thinning after age 40. And for centuries, long, plush, shiny hair has been a mark of female beauty. Well, cut muscles can be a sign of masculinity. So many women who are genetically predisposed to the so-called androgenic hair thinning, which is also called male-patterned hair loss in men, or female-patterned hair loss in females. Excessive shedding can cause panic and visions of looking like a cue ball. And this may look handsome for many men, and some women can really carry the cue ball look off well, but most don't want to. And this panic can increase stress hormones made in the adrenal glands, which ironically in turn worsens the hair shedding cycle. So a vicious cycle can ensue. And part of the treatment for women with hair loss includes controlling your stress and anxiety. And we're going to have a lot more podcasts on that because anxiety is aging. But rest assured, complete hair loss called alopecia totalis is very rare in women. However, just like our bodies change with age, most women will note some hair thinning with age. Now, I first wrote this column because I saw increasingly more and more patients who were seeing me for hair thinning. And I have to admit, 
early on in my career when I was in medical school, I considered being a dermatologist. And I have to confess, I thought, ah, acne, eczema, warts, you know, just not that exciting. I really wanted to do intellectual work and being um, board certified in internal medicine and then getting special training in hormones and gynecology and menopause and osteoporosis and being very interdisciplinary. It just seemed more of an erudite, comprehensive field. Although I don't mean to knock our dermatologists, they're great and the skin is the largest organ in the body. But I was perplexed when people would come to me, a woman's health specialist, wanting to talk about hair, which kind of lumped in a cosmetic vein. And of course, yes, we women do care about how we feel and look. Uh, But I just was surprised that they would come to me. And I think the reason why women look to women's health experts, not just dermatologists who are experts in skin and hair, is because we're experts in women. And for many, not all, it's a sign of femininity throughout the centuries. Um, And I started to think about this the other day when one of my uh, friends and patients brought me this cute coffee mug (laughs) that said, she was giving it to me as a gift. Um, Sorry, I have such a great body and correct opinions on everything. <laughs> and I just laughed because I thought, well, you know, I definitely agree. I, I'm definitely pretty pretty headstrong and have my, uh, have my opinions. And I thought, oh gosh, our senior fellow, Dr. Alexa Fifik, and uh, she'll be on future podcasts. She's got a lot of expertise in women's health and breast and women at risk for breast cancer. And she wrote that terrific column on vitamin D, which was the second podcast of our series. And vitamin D is very important for the hair. She has such incredible hair. I mean, when I first saw her, I have to admit, I thought that she had hair extensions and potentially also a wig on top of it. And I think for one of her graduation gifts, because she's about to finish the fellowship this summer, I'm going to have to get her a coffee mug that says something to the effect, sorry, I have so much hair, but it's got to cover everything in my big, beautiful brain. So we do want to be lighthearted about things of cosmesis to some degree, but For many, it's just not any kind of a laughing matter. But I do like to put in context for people that are very distressed about hair shedding. And certainly, uh, people that undergo chemotherapy many times can lose all of their hair. And there have been some strides made with wearing cooling packs on the scalp to reduce blood flow. And usually people who are dealing with cancer have so much on their plate that really the cosmesis aspect is not that uh, much of a concern. They want to get through the chemo and and survive and be strong. And I'll always remember my cousin, Marnie, who had uh, cancer, two cancers in her life, and she battled them for decades. And she was in college with her first cancer. And she just put on that baseball cap and she kept smiling and her radiant smile just showed all of her, her beauty. And on her wedding day, that was before we had ports for intravenous um, access. So she had lots of scarring on her arms from all the IVs and the chemo. And she rocked this dress that showed her arms. And so I do like to encourage women that don't get so obsessed with appearance and that you can't uh, celebrate all the other joys 
in life and the other positive aspects of your body. Like I said, I'm not a, I don't have much hair. I don't have very good hair, but I have really good nails. So I'm kind of a nail girl. But even though it's primarily a cosmetic concern for many, because you can certainly live, you know, a healthy long life uh, with thick hair, thin hair, or even bald. We'll be back after a quick break. Are you anxious about aging in the home? I know I am. For myself and for family members who need or will need care in the home. I've put together an informal podcast where I ask the owner of a home care company, her nursing leaders, and a variety of guests about how caregiving works in the home so that people can stay in their homes longer. We talk about everything from innovative thinking to basic tips in a conversational style that is optimistic. The podcast is called Keep Me Home Longer. Click on the link in the show notes or search for the podcast name, Keep Me Home Longer. It can reflect some medical conditions and hormonal change. So, uh, even though it can be normal with aging, uh, in general, most adults shed about 100 to 150 hairs a day. So, if you notice more than 150 hairs per day, it really is time to get evaluated and see a physician. Now, some dermatologists, not all, specialize in hair thinning. Uh, some, some general doctors can start the routine evaluation. Some hormone specialists can. So why do we lose hair? Sometimes it's just transitory from a condition called telogen effluvium, which occurs when the resting and growing phases of hair are just out of sync. And that can happen after childbearing. Or it can happen after fever or illness. We've certainly seen a lot of it with COVID, and it can take up to six months to get kind of back in sync. When it comes to the so-called female-patterned hair thinning, about 90% of it's genetic. So you can thank your family lineage for your good looks and your potential hair thinning. But 10% is hormonal, so that we do have some control over. And knowing your family history, I mean, if you've got brothers that are bald, your mother maybe had hair thinning uh, as she got older, her father might have had male patterned hair thinning, then even though you're a female and never going to become bald due to alopecia, androgenic causes, if you go into menopause, which generally happens to all of us that are lucky enough to live uh, past that time of running out of eggs in the ovaries, then you'll still generally make the same amount of testosterone, but the estrogen level dramatically drops. So it's more like the male ratios of hormones. And this can affect other things besides the skin and hair, the voice. You know, and I have a few opera singers in my practice who make their living on their beautiful high tones. And some women can drop their voice uh, if they don't have enough estrogen. And for many of us, maybe you sound a little sexier with a deeper voice. But if it's very important to keep the exact quality of your voice, then this is something that you need to know about. So as we talked about what happens with menopause, and I did podcast my entire book, The Cleveland Clinic Guide to Menopause, on one of our podcasting threads. And we did talk a lot about skin and hair there. Um, And generally speaking, 
estrogen, especially oral estrogen, since it lowers testosterone, certainly does help the uh, hair. And it's very important for mucosal membranes, like the vagina and the mouth, and also the bones. So there's a lot of reasons why women can see hair loss. A health condition like illness, infection, poor nutrition, side effects of a medication, hormonal changes, hereditary changes, and just the overall aging process. What should you do when you notice this type of hair thinning? Well, first you should visit your physician and make sure you're not depleted in vitamins. Make sure you're eating a well-balanced diet with high quality protein. It's also very important to control your stress levels, which can increase androgens. We generally recommend checking blood work. Again, this is individualized and this is not medical advice, so you do need to check with your physician. But we like a zinc level in general over 60, a vitamin D level of um, 25-hydroxy, certainly over 32, preferably over 50, a ferritin iron level at least 50 to 70 to even grow hair. And we've done podcasts on vitamin D and zinc. Also checking thyroid function, hormonal levels are important. We do recommend using a proper daily shampoo for six months to see its full effect. And Rogaine or minoxidil high-potency foam, which used to be prescription for men but is now over-the-counter for both men and women, is very effective at treating female patterned uh, hair thinning called androgenic alopecia or female pattern hair thinning. But you've got to use it up to six months to see an effect. Now, I've put it on Q-tips and put it on the lateral aspects of my eyebrows, and uh, hair does grow, so you've got to be careful where you put it. You want to also let your physician know about all the medications that you take, including herbal and vitamin supplements. A lot of hair vitamins include biotin. Uh, I'm not so much of a fan of biotin for the hair. I think it's better for the nails. It interferes with so many blood tests, hormones, thyroid, cardiac testing, and you really have to be off it for about 72 hours to get uh, accurate labs. So I usually just recommend um, gelatin capsules optimizing nutrition and other vitamins, as well as taking supplements and using the right shampoo and other potential growth stimulators like Rogaine High Potency Foam. Sometimes we use um, a diuretic called Spironolactone, which blocks dihydrotestosterone at the hair follicle. There's also stronger prescription medicines that can lower androgen levels. Um, There's an over-the-counter herb, Sol Palmetto, that a lot of men use for enlarged prostates because it lowers testosterone and helps prostate function in some. Uh, They may use that, women may use it for skin and hair. Um, Topic, T-O-P-P-I-K spray or powder is something over-the-counter and cosmetic, and I found out about it from one of my patients because she came in for a visit And her hair was so thin. I had never seen it that way. And I'm like, what happened to you? She's like, oh, I just rushed in here. I forgot to put my topic. My hair's looked like this for years. And I didn't realize how excellent it was cosmetically. So you get this powder or spray to match your hair color to your scalp. Now, there's lots of uh, uh, tricks and tips for your hair thinning. Um, And I certainly do the prescription hormone therapy when indicated, treat vitamin deficiencies, refer to nutritionists to improve uh, diet, 
but I'm not formally trained in cosmetology. But like I said, a lot of my patients have taught me tricks, styling tips to minimize the part line, having hair color approximately the scalp color with the powders, uh, using hair shampoos that contain silicone to coat the hair and thicken the appearance of the mane, using clever products that come in several hair colors. Like I mentioned, Topic is one brand that makes your hair immediately look thicker. And don't forget about iron. Remember, for my first podcast, keep that ferritin above 50, closer to 70, and you'll have more hair growth. Because hair requires iron and protein, and your body's going to preferentially use it for your blood count if you're borderline low. So that can be one of the very first signs of inadequate iron is poor hair growth. And one of our graduates who's now at Mayo Clinic, Dr. Sabrina Sani, she wrote a great column on Speaking of Women's Health about at-home beauty tips, about really common household items that can be used to improve your hair and skin and overall appearance with an eye to health. And she shared about how using coconut oil, which contains fatty acids, are essential for hair growth patterns and can help the hair look silky and smooth. It's particularly beneficial in preventing dry, damaged hair because it penetrates the hair shaft and repairs from within. So if you suffer from split ends, dry or damaged hair, which we're going to talk a lot more about in one of our future podcasts on summer tips, try creating a hair mask with coconut oil. And you could add egg or mix in an avocado to help lock in that moisture and increase the shine. And foods like eggs and avocado and coconut are all healthy foods to incorporate into your diet as well. And good nutrition, you are what you eat. So adequate protein, zinc. We have a list on our website of foods that are rich in zinc. Iron, vitamin D3 with a little K2 are important. And there are popular vitamins for hair uh, that includes Votess and Nutrafol, which is a, a relatively expensive one. I believe uh, contains saw palmetto, that herb I mentioned that blocks and lowers testosterone level, but it also includes biotin. So you must read labels and you must bring in your bottles to your physician's office. And vitamins can be expensive and you just don't want to have expensive urine. So I think it's good to get medical supervision. Another simple tip is to wear a hat to protect the hair, scalp, forehead, ears, and neck. And having a wide brim hat that has special fibers that block ultraviolet light radiation is also important. And hats may even be marked with U um, ultraviolet protection factors. So using a combination of topical sunscreen and barrier clothing and hats can help protect your skin and your hair. And don't forget those sunglasses to protect your eyes because uh, ultraviolet light does increase aging of the eyes, the lenses, which can lead to cataracts. Don't ever directly stare into the sun. So we will also uh, let you know that we have a free treatment guidebook on hair thinning. There's also laser uh, hair caps and combs. They were first approved for male patterned hair thinning and they've been approved for female. Now uh, I advise my patients that if you're going to spend hundreds of dollars 
getting one of these laser caps to stimulate growth to the blood flow and growth uh, at the scalp level, that you should probably look for a money-back guarantee. And usually, most require before and after pictures. Now, our dermatologists can do things like hair transplantation, and they're also using um, PRP where they draw blood and spin it down for platelets and growth factors and inject it into the scalp. But this is all considered cosmetic and is certainly out of pocket, and all these other things would need to be dealt with first. Now, we found out that mendoxidil topically helps grow hair, and that was because people taking it orally for high blood pressure started growing extra hair. In fact, my granddaughter Artemis, when she was just a few months old, I think probably six or seven months old, I was giving her a bath and I noticed she had some extra hair on her body. And at first I thought, oh no, this could be spina bifida because it was a tuft of hair on the base of her spine. And my son, who's a PhD in molecular medicine and cancer uh, genetics, I brought this to his attention after he scolded me, why are you giving her a bath? I'm like, well, she enjoyed it and she relaxed. And oh, by the way, this is what I noticed. And he, I said, she's going to have to see the doctor and get hormone tests. And um, he started researching and he said, oh, every night I'm putting the Rogaine foam, mom, that you gave me for my male patterned hair thinning. And she loves to play with my hair and then she sucks her fingers. So she was actually ingesting some minoxidil orally and growing extra hair. And once she stopped this, this quickly resolved. Uh, but boy, was that uh, a potent, uh, dramatic lesson uh, for me as her Mimi. And uh, along this line, medically, I have seen dermatologists prescribe off-label low doses of oral minoxidil, not enough to treat blood pressure like we did in the past, but to help stimulate hair growth. Now, the summer, which is coming up, can be really tough on hair. And so please protect not just your skin and eyes, but also your scalp from the sun and the chlorine. And certainly the sun and the chlorine and bromine and the water can bleach out your hair. Um, I remember as a child, uh, my very light, kind of white blonde hair became greenish in tinge by the end of the summer. So chlorinated pool water can strip the hair and your skin of the natural oils. And the older you get, you can't really tolerate losing those natural skin oils. So you don't want dry, itchy scalp and brittle hair. And sometimes itchy scalp and dandruff can be a sign of low zinc. So how do you prevent brittle pool hair? Well, wet your hair before getting into the pool to limit the absorption of chlorine. Use an oil or silicone-based hair products to seal in the hair shaft's moisture. I certainly, along with a big brim hat and sunscreen that's appropriate for my grandchildren, as well as UVA and UVB blocking sunscreen, and I'll go into all of those details about sunscreens in future podcasts. I also have a spray that I spray on my hair. And right after getting out of the pool, it's good to use a clarifying shampoo. And it's generally more effective than just the standard shampoos. The clarifying ones remove chlorine residue. So in terms of protecting your scalp, um, you want to obviously protect it from the sun. 
And the lighter your hair is, or if it's colored, maybe the more likely it actually is uh, affected by the sun's oxidative effects. And, you know, unless you're a young person with some interesting colored and stylish hair, most of us probably don't want to have yellow greenish hair. (laughs) So there are commercial hair products that actually contain SPF with UVA and UVB. But the hair is unique and it's different than the kind of SPFs you use for the skin. So you have to look for one specifically for the hair. So in conclusion, friends, while I can't change the generic the genetics that you inherited from your dear old dad and mom, there are medical, hormonal, and cosmetic options to help you look and feel good if you experience hair thinning with age. And having confidence, feeling feminine, is certainly an important part of being strong, being healthy, and being in charge. So thanks for joining me in the Sunflower House. Please subscribe to our free podcast wherever you get podcasts, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon Music, Podbean. There's so many different ways can go on speakingofwomenshealth.com and find our links to podcasts. But if you subscribe, you kind of get reminded if there's a new one with a topic, if you're interested in listening to it or forwarding it to a friend or family member. And please give us a five-star rating that helps us uh, move up in the ratings. And I will see you back in the Sunflower House again for another edition of Speaking of Women's Health.